Hi, and welcome to the podcast, Life in Balance. My name is Naomi. I work as an occupational therapist at Balance for Blind Adults. This podcast is about all the things that make life enjoyable, make life easier, and make life fun. In each episode, I talk about a different topic, whether it's how to cook, go to school, work, garden, make music, and much, much more. I'll talk about some tips and tricks, as well as how to adapt these different activities to accommodate vision levels. Motherhood can be full of excitement and joy, but also a lot of uncertainty. Children don't come with manuals, and there isn't just one way to be a parent. In talking with Jewel, I learned that parenting with a disability means doing what works for you, whether it's making the decision to be a mother or adapting anything and everything from breastfeeding, eating with a spoon or fork, shopping, playing together, teenage rebellion, and beyond. In this podcast, Jewel shares some strategies that she learned along the way on her motherhood journey. Let's take a listen. I always wanted to have children, and the feeling never left. At first, I was kind of concerned how I was going to handle it, but as soon as I held the baby in my arm, it was just come, it comes to you naturally. It's like, I can't explain the feeling, but you will know, as a mother, you'll know the feeling. At first, the complication I had was breastfeeding, I had to have a friend because the nurse didn't know how to deal with a person that's visually impaired to teach them how to put the nipple inside the baby's mouth to make sure the baby is getting what it's supposed to get. One of my friends came over to the hospital and just literally showed me and to touch me with my hands to make sure that the tongue was down and the nipple was on top like so the baby would grab, lash onto it. Bottle feeding, it's um, basically the same. You gotta use your hands, of course. Take your finger and you find the mouth of the baby with the nipple of the bottle and just make sure you place it properly. And eventually the baby kind of catch on and, and know the position you're in. It's like an instinct for them. At a point, mine was just grabbing it and aiming it itself. <laughs> <laughs> so they kind of got the hanger. They realized, okay, I, I think I know what's going on here. And then they yeah. gave you a hand. Yeah. And also feed in with the spoon, you know. I had the special spoon that has the rubber on it so that it doesn't hurt the baby mouth and you know you use your hand of course when they're in the chair they should be in a chair by then in a high chair and don't be afraid to use your hands all the time clean of course (laughs) (laughs) one time the baby was just aiming my hand to their mouth with the spoon they're hungry they figure it out Diaper changing, it's not a problem. To bathe them when they're newborn, what I did was put pillows around on the bed and I had a big bowl, like a salad bowl. (laughs) And I would fill it up with water on the bed, like would make sure everything is prepared on the bed and spread the blanket out, the towel out, because you know when they're baby like that, it's sponge bath. And you go and sit on the bed and you have your legs open and they're in between your legs and the pillow 
So they're very secure and safe, and you wipe them down, clean them, lotion them up, and dress them up, and you're good to go. Oh, man, you make it sound so easy. <laughs> it is, like, you know, once you get the hang of it, it is. It's like I had twins. I had to do that with twins at one point. Oh, my gosh, really? Wow. Yeah. I was kind of uneasy, and I know a lot of women that are in my position might be feeling like a little uncomfortable about it, but it's an instinct, it's fun. You gotta take extra precautions. A good thing to have is a cuddler. What's that? It's like a a backpack, (laughs) but it's for the baby. A lot of people wear that on the back, but I used to put it in the front. Oh, okay. And so that was when you were just kind of going around the house or going out? Yeah. Yeah. Or even to go outside to make it more safer. I used to go for walks with my little one like that in the summertime when it's warm, not winter. I find that safer than the stroller. Well, yeah, I can imagine with the stroller, I think you use a, a white cane. With the stroller, that might be a lot to handle. Yeah, stroller with a dog, it is hard to handle. <laughs> you had a dog too? Yeah, I've had a dog, but not with the babies, but I could, I kind of, well, no, I think it probably would be easier with the dog. With a cuddler, I think that would be fantastic with a dog. The stroller, I only used the stroller when I was with my husband. That makes sense. Yeah. And so I when think they... a stroller really should be used if you have some vision or if you have someone with you and the best stroller is really bulky ones it's the one you know those smaller ones there you mean like the ones that fold up yeah Jill had to take a break from the interview but when we came back she talked about her children and what they thought about having a mom with a visual disability I called my um, my daughter and I told her what I was doing. So I, I asked her, I said, do you remember as a toddler feeling like you had, like, you know, there was something different about me or, you know, you notice, you know, lack of vision. Do you feel like you were lacking anything or anything like that? And she goes, no, mom. She goes, Everything I felt like any other kid, the only difference is we had to read some of the labels <laughs> for you. We still learned how to read very quickly, and we held your hands when we went outside with you. That's the only thing. Oh, that's so sweet. Mm-hmm. That's really good to know, you know, I can hear from her, I'm sure. Is that yeah. you're just like any other mom at the end of the day? At the end of the day, yeah. She says, you were better than other of my friend's mom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, that's that's pretty good praise. Yeah, she remember bacon with me. She says that was her favorite time with me was bacon. I used to bake all kinds of cakes, cookies, cupcakes. <laughs> that's awesome. No, I'm so happy to hear that. It's like we talked about. There's a few things you have to kind of keep in mind. You have to adjust or adapt. But at the end of the day, you know, it's not that hard. It's not that different. Would you have any advice for someone living with vision loss who is worried or thinking about being a parent? Is there anything you'd want to say to them about what that was like for you? 
I would tell them like don't that hold you back from being a mother like if you know you want a baby you shouldn't deny yourself of that and everything will just flow naturally you become a pro look after one I had five six <laughs> you know I had twins so after you have the first one you'll see that it's not like all those worries is gonna just disappear and you'll be like oh what was I worried about don't concentrate too much hard on it and don't worry too much or don't put too much negativity on it. It's going to be fine. Every woman, if you want to be a mom, you should be able to. Every woman should hear that, not just women who are dealing with vision loss. I think people worry a lot about, oh, am I going to be a good enough mom? And I, I like what you said about you don't focus on the negative, focus on the positive. And it sounds like your kid's are focusing on that too. Like they came away and they, they said, you're a great mom. We didn't notice anything was different. And, and sometimes I thought maybe I was doing something, but actually I did everything okay. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, yeah. and it's a good thing. And you know what? They have a better education because, you know, at four years old, I'm in the store and I'm there with my daughter and there's a sign or there's something I said, what's the letter or what's the number, you know, and can you spell it out for me? And I'll say the word and they learn that word. To me, doing that was a good thing for me to do for them. Teaching them to be independent like that. Yeah, and they, by the time they get to pre-kindergarten and all that, they're like smart. They're up there. <laughs> and that's exactly how it was with mine. Like, they knew everything by the time they got there. Oh, man. I bet their teacher was pretty impressed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've always had them say my children are smart. You know, there's, there's a ground that it can help. You can be the person to control, be in control instead of the teenagers in control. And trust me, they do play with your vision. Oh, yeah? Do you? Like, oh, what, yeah. what do they do? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they don't do it, like, to be mean or intention. Like, you know, they'll walk out of the house in a certain outfit that, you know, you know you won't catch on to or stuff like that. <laughs> Oh, okay, I see. Or have makeup on, and no, she can't see the makeup, and zooming out the door. Oh, oh, yeah. I see. Uh, uh, that makes sense. You know, it's like those things like they would try to sneak out without you looking anyway, but they try anyway, to get away with yeah. it, especially with you, right? Yeah. So they do the same thing they do with any other parent. They'll do it to you. <laughs> you just gotta learn to be a step ahead, and know, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how to handle it. Do you have any tips for, for dealing with teenagers? Be patient. <laughs> That's the number one thing, patient. And not to take everything they say to heart, mm-hmm. you know, or else they'll drive yourself crazy. You know, just they're expressing themselves, and as long as they don't get disrespectful and you know, you got to show them that they can't disrespect you and um, be firm about your belief and, and, and stick to your guns. 
Jewel shared a lot of great insights about parenthood. There's always more to learn, but I hope this episode helped you think about what you might need when you decide to become a parent someday. And that's it for this episode. Stay tuned for next time. The content of this podcast is not a substitute for medical or professional advice. It is not occupational therapy, nor is it a substitute for occupational therapy services. If you're interested in learning more about how to apply some of the strategies discussed here, please ensure you consult with an occupational therapist or other professional beforehand. Thanks, and see you next time.